They say it's in your blood, a game that can't be won, only played. A love affair, it satisfies the soul and frustrates the intellect. The greatest game ever played, golf. It's real. And this is Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of legendary golfer Billy Casper. Talking golf with you for more than two decades. And now, here's Brian and Bob. Well, thank you very much and welcome into this week's edition of Real Golf Radio. And wow, was that the sound of a bomb being dropped? What in the world happened this week? In the evolution of the PGA Tour versus Live, who would have ever thought that we would have seen this week a television news announcement with Jay Monahan and the governor of the PIF Fund sitting side by side announcing that the two entities are now going to create a super entity that will rule and control the game of professional golf. I mean... Wow, Bob, when I got up that morning and started seeing what was happening, I, I had to, my mind was spinning to the point where, wait, it's not, no, April Fool's is indeed in April. Okay, yeah, it's, exactly. June, it's June 6th. Um, what, what is it like National Punk Your Friends Day on Twitter? What is going on? <laughs> and sure enough, come to find out, that is exactly what happened. I mean, there, 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 in some ways, there's no words. Now, we've had some time to process this, but yeah. to you and your initial reaction. Well, I I don't know. It <laughs> it was like, you know that little emoji where your head's blowing off the yeah. top? Oh, That's yeah. what it was for me. That was mind-blowing. That's for sure. Uh, it was definitely mind-blowing. Uh, definitely weird to to see this transpiring and uh, and what it means to the game of professional golf. It was basic, basically stood on its ear, professional golf, against or away from everything that we thought it could be or would be. And uh, having said that, you know, the players' meeting wasn't too great, and they didn't like it. This literally could be the week that the PGA Tour and professional golf changed forever. Now, yes. some will say that's going to be for the better, but time will tell. So we will talk about that. Rex Hoggard from Golf Channel will join us to talk about that. We're supposed to be preparing for next week's U.S. Open. <laughs> it's the preview show. We'll do that on the back nine because we want to talk about that as well. It's going to be a fantastic week, although somewhat taken over by this news that is just unprecedented. We'll get into it all next right here on Real Golf Radio. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper. It's brought to you in part by Black Desert Resort in St. George, Utah. You heard us from there uh, over Memorial Day weekend. All 18 holes of the Tom Weiskopf Championship Design Course are open. Go to Black Desert resort.com where you can book your tea time today the black desert experience includes breakfast your snacks and drinks on the golf course lunch afterwards and of course your uh 
cart and uh, greens fees around an amazing new golf course, one that you are going to want to experience. Go to blackdesertresort.com. Exclusive real estate opportunities are available as well. And of course, uh, the announcement was also made last week that the LPGA Tour will be making its return to Utah at Black Desert Resort in May of 2025. Historic announcement, new course, getting lots of attention, and uh, certainly anxious to see how the best uh, players in the world take on Tom Weisskopf's final design. BlackDesertResort.com. All right, thanks again for being with us here on what has been a wild week for sure. Bob, you have, you and I have both done uh, multiple radio and television interviews around this thing. Let, let me just start with this. There's a lot of people, or some people anyway, that have kind of jumped all over us and kind of thrown us in there with the Brandel Chambly watch of, you know, is real golf going to be okay? Or are they going to recover from this? Uh, you, I'll let you speak for yourself. Here, here's my thing. As a okay. as an American, as a as somewhat of a not somewhat as a patriotic American, one that is has love of country, it's hard for me to understand the politics around Saudi Arabia, their involvement in human atrocities, including those created against our own great country here. And so, what does that mean to go into business? I'll also say that I don't pretend to understand the full landscape that goes around with a company or, or excuse me, a country like Saudi Arabia and their investment into the world economy. And we've discussed this throughout the last couple of years. Um, so there's that. So I don't, I don't love the fact that basically all of professional golf is now being funded by this Saudi investment group. Mm -hmm. the, the other side that is that the reason I didn't like the live deal to begin with, there's that. The second part of it is the way it fractured professional golf. In my, and I've said this over and over, golf is a small pie in the sports world. No one benefits from the fracturing. The fans don't benefit, the sponsors don't benefit, the tours don't benefit from separating the very few superstars in our game, okay? And I say that mm -hmm. with all due respect to the rest of the players, but there are a few, and they carved a few of those out and put them on the CW that nobody could watch. Right. I also didn't appreciate the disloyalty to the PGA Tour, and I think this is a big one for you, given the fact that your dad was one of those that started the PGA Tour. One can argue that it was the stage, speaking of the PGA Tour, that showcased their talents, meaning the players, which led to their appeal and ultimately receiving an offer from Live Golf for all of that money, and then they sort of flipped the tour off on their way out the door. And I, I just, that didn't really settle well with me. So for those reasons, and it still doesn't with me, right? I don't, I, I don't, I didn't like what happened through the live deal. Okay. So, so that I'll just state that straight up that, that has been my reasoning for not loving live. Well, now Jay Monahan and the live group, the, the, the Saudi PIF fund, they're, they're partners in what will somehow be DP world tour too. It's, yep. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to leave them out. They're partners in what is to be this new world golf group that we're yet to be named. Right. So right. tell me uh, that that's my thought. What, what's uh, what's your, what's your take? You know, there's a lot of interesting tentacles about this whole thing. Um, there's the lawsuit, you know, initially that lawsuit for antitrust was uh, put forward by the players and one by one, those players, left and then before all of them left the saudi um pif fund and and live golf jumped in as one of the one of the players in that antitrust lawsuit um i think 
I think part of this has come about um, after some time with the powers that be that stood together. They didn't want to open up the cookie jar. They didn't want to let people know what was going on with the Saudi PIF fund and all that kind of stuff. And the PGA Tour didn't want anybody knowing what was going on um, with with the PGA Tour. Nosing and in their up business. Their books. Yeah. What? Nosing and, in their and business. what was going on in their business. Okay. So we've got that part that's kind of this underlying current, I think, um, that's going on. Then we've got Saudi Arabia, who's been a um, a friend of the United States for the last eighty years. Eighty years. That's a that's a you know that's a um, a relationship that the countries have had together. So there's that part that forms into it as well. Um, and then you know there's there's just all the little things. The the golf league, Greg Norman. Uh, Phil Mickelson, probably smiling like a Chester cat right now, um, saying to the world, I told you, I told you this was going to happen. I told you we're going to have leverage. Um, it it just makes me, I don't know, it's almost like since the day it happened on Tuesday, it almost makes me feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> so are you upset so much that Normans and Mickelsons are giving you the I told you so's? Or w- what is it that, that is really that really upsets you about this whole thing? Well, I think, I think part of it is that we were told one thing by the commissioner of the PGA tour a year ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this tour live golf has this week is the first event they played one year ago. Okay. Now we're a whole year into it. We were told by the PGA tour and, and Jay Monahan that, you know, we'd never have to apologize or the players would never have to apologize because of the atrocities that that uh, Saudi Arabia had portrayed on its people, um, you know, and, and on and on and on. And now it's autom- an automatically 190, 180 degrees in the opposite direction. And we're buddy buddies. And my question is, how are they going to make it right? How is this? The, the PI fund going to make it right for the players that chose to stay with the PGA tour? How are they going to make it right um, with the amount of money that they're going to probably infuse into the PGA tour? Um, it, there's, there's just so many questions and so many things. We know that, that, that um, Mon, Jay Monahan's going to be this, the CEO um, and, but the PIF guy is going to be the chairman. The chairman. Um, the PGA Tour is going to have the controlling interest and is going to set up everything within the ropes, between the ropes at, at events and uh, officiating and all that kind of stuff. But there's so many different things that are just, as they call it, this framework and there is so, so, so much more to learn going forward. It's almost as like to they, how it's all going to work out. That's right. It's almost like they announced, here's, here's what we're doing. And then, and now we're going to go and figure out how to make it happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, and but, then the other have, thing is, is how they kept everybody in the dark mm. and it kept everybody secret. I mean, the player advisory council is just that they're supposed to know what's going on. And nobody knew, nobody I, knew with, with the live golf guys nobody knew what the pga tour rory didn't know norman didn't know until right before the announcement on cnbc it's it's crazy how this all has transpired 
under the cloak of darkness. And you mentioned something, and I think what you hit on was what the players are feeling because I spoke with one of them uh, who called it the worst of betrayals. That was his quote. The worst of betrayals. When your leader paint, and this is what he went on to say, I said, did, I asked him, is, or do you feel betrayed because of the money or because of the, the principle of it all? What, What is it? And he said, when you're, leader tells you one narrative for a whole year that these guys are the bad guys and that they're a threat to your tour and that you need to remain loyal for legacy and be on the correct side of history and all of those type of things. And then you turn on Twitter all of a sudden, and there he is with the so-called bad guy announcing his alliance with him and that your tour that you thought you had a say in suddenly is part of that other group and that all these right. players that left are going to be welcomed back. You know, that, that was the part of it that just felt like a huge betrayal according to this tour player Punch and in the gut. It, yeah. it, it really is. So that all has to get sorted out. I agree with you. One of the main questions that I have coming away from this is how will PGA tour loyalty be reconciled, be compensated, the Rory's, the Rom's, you know, yep. the tigers, the guys that stood there, you know, Spieth and JT, the guys that stayed loyal and 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 flew the flag, the PGA Tour. Yep. How are they going to be compensated for what they did? Wow, that's an interesting question. Rex Hoggard, Golf Channel, has been on this story from the beginning. He joins us with an insight next. Stay tuned. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio. And, uh, uh, yeah, a lot has happened as we've talked about this week. We had a chance to catch up with Rex Hoggard, who's a senior writer for GolfChannel.com. You can also see him in all the the television coverage as well. And he's been on this story with Liv ever since it broke. And it was great that he could spend a couple of minutes with us, you know, the day after the news, which barely had a chance to settle. And uh, here's what he had to say. Rex, it's been quite 24 hours uh, since the news broke and stunned the golf world. What, what do you make of it so far? I think we're still digesting. I mean, there's a lot of parts that we don't know. This is just a sort of a tentative agreement. The commissioner made that pretty clear that look, now they have to kind of dig in and the real work starts now. I, I will say, so the three things we know are all significant and probably the first and foremost is all of the litigation between Live Golf and the PGA Tour is over. They're going to drop all, all of the various lawsuits that are going on right now. Uh, the public investment fund, Saudi Arabia, is going to financially back whatever this new entity, there is no name for it yet, is going to be. The PGA Tour will be involved in that. And then the players who joined Live Golf and were suspended, there will be a path back for them. Like, But there are no details. We don't know what that would look like. That's essentially all we know, and those are three really big things. Well, there's no question about it. I, 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 I'll ask you this. I already know the answer, but how in the world could this have, I mean, you couldn't have seen this coming. It felt like maybe the, the two entities were further apart than they had ever been. And then all of a sudden, bam, this happens. How is something like this in today's world? How does it get done with such secrecy? Uh, I think it has everything to do with compartmentalization. And as best I can tell, and I feel like this is a pretty good estimate, five people in the world knew about this before the news broke uh, Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And that would have been Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour. The two board members who kind of shepherded this deal for the PGA Tour, it's Jimmy Dunn and Ed Herlihy. And the governor of the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, Yasser, and I'm going to not do a very good job on his last name, so I'm not even going to try it. 
Raimania, I think is how it's pronounced, and then Keith Pelly of the DP World Tour. Those are the only people that knew about this, by all accounts, at least going into Tuesday morning. There's various reports that maybe Rory and Tiger found out Monday, the day before, but that's how you keep things secret, because if you tell a secret to someone else, it's no longer a secret. So I think that is a short answer to your question, and it sounds to me like there were a lot of moving parts up until the very last moment from what Jay Monahan told reporters on Tuesday that the agreement wasn't even finalized until Monday night. Hmm. So how, how do you think this all came about? Do you think it was because of the vulnerability of, of uh, the court case and on both sides? Uh, do you think um, there was other things that led into it? Um, uh, what, what happens? I'm, I'm going to ask you about a couple different questions. What happens to Greg Norman in all of this? Does he get cut off at the knees like he did before with the world golf championships and that kind of thing? What are some things that, that go along with this? Do you think? Uh, a lot of pieces to that. I will go to uh, and, and why, I guess, is the ultimate question. Like, why do we end up here when we yeah. seemed, as you pointed out, so far away? And I would totally agree with you on that. And the answer, I actually got it from a player who's on the pack. And I would argue, or I would contend, it, it's a two-fold conversation. One is the lawsuit that you mentioned. And, look, that was going to be a huge drain on resources for the PGA Tour. And the, and the PGA Tour is not hurting for cash. We can all agree with that. But when you start talking about lawsuits that are going to lurch into years, and as I pointed out, they had spirals into, I think there was right now six separate discovery suits going on in six separate courts around the country. On Friday, just of last week, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals agreed to heal, uh, hear the public investment funds appeal to a motion and now is going to add another year to it. All of those things sort of were building up to the idea that whether or not if the tour thought they were going to win this lawsuit or not, at some point you have to realize, is it worth it? Like when you consider what we're going to look like on the back end, is it even worth going through this time and this expense? So I think that was one part of it. I think the other part of it is sort of the landscape. And I would argue at the moment, the PGA tour has the better product and look, you can debate it. And I don't want to get into it with folks on Twitter about this, but the tour product is better right now. But if you're Jay Monahan and you're sitting down and you're looking at what the landscape might be 10 years from now, and you realize that the funding behind live golf, the public investment fund is virtually virtually limitless. And can you compete with that over the next decade and confidently sort of convince yourself that you can come out ahead? I think the answer to both those questions was no. And, and that's why we ended up where we are right now. Rex Hogger joining us here on Real Golf Radio. I'm curious, uh, what do you, and that's a speculation at this point in time, but how do you suppose the hierarchy will look for these respective tours? Will the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour feed into some sort of new Super League, do you think? Or do you think it's going to be business as usual for the most part on the PGA Tour with some sort of integration of uh, some team live aspect uh, along the way? I think the actual PGA Tour will remain what it is right now. I mean, one of the few things that were clear in yesterday's release in the memo that was sent to players that the actual running of tournaments, what they called inside the ropes, the day-to-day operations, the tour will still have control over that. The policy board will still have ultimate say on that. What this new entity looks like and how it gets, let's, let's say, zippered in to the PGA Tour schedule, that remains up in the air. And I hate doing the thing, and I've done it a couple times now over the last 24 hours, but I hate doing like the sports radio thing where the coach needs to be fired. Like that to me is ridiculous. Like I, I don't know, you know, what the players are thinking. I don't know what management's thinking. So I, I hate calling for someone to be fired. But I keep going back to a conversation I had with a player who had joined Liv last year in London during the BMW PGA. And I asked, is there any sort of reconciliation? Can we meet somewhere in the middle? And on the record, 
this player said, mm, can't imagine how we do that right now with the current leadership. And then I turned my recorder off and we went off the record and I said, you were talking about Jay Monahan. I said, but the same applies for Greg Norman. And he said 100%. And this has yeah. nothing to do with, are they good leaders? Are they good people? Like it has nothing to do with that. I'm not judging them at all about what they are or, or who they are. This has everything to do with just the realities of where we are right now in the world. And Jay Monahan spent the last two years talking about legacy and talking about, do you want to be associated with something like the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia? And Greg Norman spent the last two years bad mouthing the PGA tour and talking about how bad that model is. Can you have either one of those people in charge of whatever this entity is going forward and have any confidence in them? Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's big question. Really interesting point. Yeah. Big question. Exactly. Um, you know, last week on the broadcast um, and in interviews, Jack Nicholas said that uh, he's not worried about the players on LIV because he didn't feel that they were part of the game that was the PGA Tour anymore. And now he comes out and says, live merger is good for the game in, in a statement. Um, has anybody heard anything from Tiger or Rory at all and what their thoughts are? Uh, can I lift the veil? We're talking. On, on Wednesday. So uh, Rory is scheduled to talk on Wednesday. Uh, we haven't seen, I've seen the press release or any video clips from it. Uh, it will be interesting to hear what he had to say, what he knew and when he knew it and how he sort of comes in on this. I, I think there's probably going to be a lot of takes that don't age well. You referenced Jack's from last week and that's clearly not going to age well. There's been plenty of takes from Jay Monahan that have popped up on Twitter the last few days and also didn't age well. And again, this goes back to my question. Like you, we had a very clear line that there was one side and there was the other and the leaders on both sides and, and the people around them were very outspoken. Certainly Rory has been very outspoken on this one. So it's hard to imagine how this is going to come together. It, this is completely of Jimmy Dunn's making and he is a very influential person in golf. He's the president of Seminole golf club. He knows how to work in business circles and they picked the right person, but man, he still has a lot of work to do. Rex Hoggard, Golf Channel, joining us here. So one of the big questions I think still remains, and we've alluded to this, and you mentioned the, kind of uh, coming off of Rory, how do you suppose the PGA Tour loyalty will be compensated or reconciled? Because there's a lot of players, Rory, obviously the face of those players, that stood up and, and took all the criticism, all the questions, defended the flag, if you will, over the last couple of years, and then only to be turned around and, and, and seemingly unknowingly uh, have, have a merger take place right right under, underneath them, sort of pulled the rug right out from underneath them. I just, it, it, it almost feels like those players, maybe they're saying, or, or this move is saying, should have taken the money, should have grabbed it while I could, I still had a chance to come back. I, I think there's going to be some reconciliation that needs to take place. How does that happen? I think you're right. And if you were a player and, and look, we can do a lot of examples. I keep going back to John Rome because I feel like he's the, the best example here. Here is a player who was clearly going to get a huge payout. If he wanted to join lip golf, chose not to chose to stay with the PGA tour, a player who has remained very, very close with the players who joined lip golf. He's been, he's been asked a lot about Sergio Garcia in recent weeks in the, the Ryder cup, a player who wasn't critical of Lip Goff and yet stayed loyal to the PGA tour, found a way to stay in the middle of the road. And yet now he's faced with this reality that and we don't know what it's going to look like, but if these players are now allowed to come back to play the PGA tour, play in the major championship, playing in the right up, they are going to have to be made whole again. It's the way one person put it yesterday that I thought was a good way of saying it. How, what that looks like, like how do you justify that now to John Rob? And, and if that's the case, then, Okay, if Lipgoff would have offered him $175 million to join, is that what it takes to, 
essentially pay him off. That's a dirty word. I don't like using it, but I can't come up with a better version. I mean, it's going to be complicated and I'm not quite sure how it's, what it's going to look like because there's so many different personalities involved. Last thing I'll ask you, Rex, on this, uh, and obviously this will continue to be a topic going into next week at the U.S. Open, but what do you suppose, what kind of game is Piff playing right now? I mean, they obviously just got themselves a seat at the table with ownership in the professional game of golf. Where do they go with this? What's the the end game for them, do you think? A winning game, I would say. I mean, if you look at, and again, there's so many different layers of this. There's a couple of interesting elements that, is live golf as an entity. Is that what we move forward with? Or is this new entity, which they referenced in the press release and hasn't been named yet. Is that going to be the focus? And then live golf sort of fades away. I mean, you have to wonder, it was that the plan all along was, was the plan to get in the game all along, get a seat at the table, which essentially Piff has right now, just to throw this out there and pick away at the, at the existing ecosystem until finally they just can't withstand it anymore. That seems like that was the game. And if, if that was the plan all along, then they win. Because now the governor of the PIF is, now has a seat on the PGA Tour policy board, which means he now has a vote. He has a seat at the table. If he wants world ranking points, he is part of that conversation for his event. All of this yeah. goes to the idea that this is what they wanted, and you have to sort of tip your cap. Look, you cannot like them. There's a lot of politics and a lot of things that go into this that make a lot of people uncomfortable, but you have to at least recognize that, man, this is what they wanted and they got it. Mm. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So as Brian, Brian said, next week is, uh, the U S open at LA country club. Uh, um, we had an opportunity to play there in the media day, and I'm sure this is going to be a top on the top of the list for all the guys that are, are going to be at those press conferences conferences and and that type of thing but tell us your thoughts about uh la country club uh what you thought about the golf course and how do you think it's going to be received and how these guys are going to play on it uh i think it's going to be such a cool spot you guys were out there we all saw it together and it's it felt like a very different u.s open venue to me uh, i was kind of taking how wide the fairways are but then once you played them you realize there's so much sort of movement that it, be, it could be a 50 yard fairway but effectively it's only 25 yards wide because the way the ball is rolling by all accounts, if it plays the way they want it typically, it's hard and fast, which I think is what they normally get this time of year in Los Angeles. It could be so much fun to watch. And it's, it's, it's going to be a different open just because of the layout of the golf course. It's going to be a different open because you're right in the middle of Beverly Hill. Like what a cool spot. And I was kind of working on a story about this last week. I write Monday on golf com, And I, I sat down with Jamie Mulligan at Mirrorfield village to talk to him about it. And he's kind of a dean of LA golf. He's been the pro at Virginia country club for works with Patrick Cantlay and used to work with Max Homa and all the LA guys. And I've never seen Jamie so proud or smile or just be so filled with joy because of the open is finally coming back to Los Angeles or coming back to Los Angeles. Actually, I should say, and that is such a cool thing and it's going to be a different vibe. And I think people are going to love it. Do you think the guys are going to, take it low due to the different conditions or do you think this is going to beat them up? I, I sort of can see both scenarios happening, Rex. I mean, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, these guys are going to torch this place. And on the other hand, I'm like, this thing can chew them up, especially with the way those greens and some of the pin locations. And as you mentioned, if, you, if you're if you just off and you roll into some of that rough or, or especially get caught up in the, the entanglement of the the crazy fescue that surrounds the bunkers, uh, you know, it could there could be some big numbers out there. 
I think so. Now, when we played, and you guys can attest to this, that it, it's been a really cold and wet spring in Los Angeles. I think they call them atmospheric rivers, and I, I ran into them a couple times uh, early in the year. And uh, it's Bermuda rough, which is what we have here in Florida. And it just hadn't been warm and hot enough to, to pop. And so when we played, there wasn't much rough. But there was, they were confident, and I, I think by the time we get there, there'll be just enough to make a difference. It's interesting. I asked two people. Uh, one of them kind of went to the idea that it will be – sort of one of those 10, 12, 13 under U.S. Open. That it, it will be difficult, but it'll be fair, and the guys will be able to go out and at least shoot halfway decent numbers. But then I asked Patrick Cantlay, who is, probably has the most experience on that golf course of anybody that's going to play it, and he completely rolled his eyes at that idea. He goes, that, mm. that person doesn't know anything <laughs> about the, the golf course. So I think if they get it where they want it, if they don't get any rain, if the rough has popped, I think it's going to be one of those even par places because you're right. You can get sideways really, really quick. Interesting. Well, yep. it'll be fun uh, for sure. Rex, thanks so much. And you've been awesome uh, covering this story since the beginning with Liv. And um, it, it is sort of unfortunate that it's obviously taken over the Canadian Open. It's going to spill into the U.S. Open. But uh, hopefully by this time next week, on the weekend, we're talking more about balls in the air than we are things outside of the ropes. But uh, good stuff as always. Great coverage on Golf Channel and always a pleasure to visit with you. Appreciate you guys having me on. You got it. Rex Hoggard, Golf Rex. Channel. Check him out on Twitter as well as at golfchannel.com. We'll take a short break. More of the show next. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Thanks to Rex Hoggard for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. And welcome back to the show. It's brought to you in part by Callaway Golf and the new Paradigm family of drivers. Check out Paradigm, Paradigm X, and the triple diamond, which is uh, the one that I'm enjoying these days, keeping that ball nice and low, penetrating ball flight, and it's super forgiving. Check out CallawayGolf.com. That would be an unbelievable Father's Day gift there at CallawayGolf.com. A new paradigm driver, perhaps? Mm, happy Father's mm. Day to whoever gets that one. We appreciate you being with us. Boy, sure is a lot to unpack. And as we promised, it is U.S. Open preview. So we are going to get into that on the back nine, hour number two. Be sure to stay tuned for that. Now, as all this is unfolding throughout the week, we've had the opportunity to catch up with some of these people. You just heard from Rex. And Bob, you asked about Rory McIlroy. Have we heard anything from Rory? And of course, you know, at the time... We hadn't yet, and then later uh, that day, we actually heard more from Rory McIlroy. So uh, let's talk about some of that and then try to clarify some of the points that have continued to roll out throughout the week. Here's what Rory had to say about how he initially found out about this new deal. I learned about it pretty much at the same time everyone else did. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a surprise. Um, I knew there had been discussions going on um, in the background. I knew that uh, lines of communication had been opened up. Uh, I obviously didn't expect it to happen as, as quickly as it did. Um, but I really think that, you know, from what I gathered, the tour felt they were in a real position of strength coming off the back of the DP world, winning their legal case in, in London. Um, it sort of weakened um, the other side's position. And... Um, you know, they went in there and, you know, the way Jimmy described it, you know, Rory, sometimes you got too itty over water and you just got to go for it. And, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, that's what, that's what they did. And, um, you know, I think ultimately when I try to remove myself from the situation and I look at the bigger picture and I look at 10 years down the line, you know, I think ultimately this is going to be, um, it's going to be good for the, the, the game of professional golf, I think it secures the, 
uh, it unifies it and it and it secures its its financial future. So um, you know, there's there's mixed emotions in there as well uh, as as there's going to be. I don't understand all the intricacies of what's going on. It's a very um, uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, there's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of things still to be um, sort of thrashed out, but. Um, at least it means that the litigation goes away, which has been a massive burden for everyone um, that's involved with the tour and that's playing the tour. Uh, and we can start to work toward, you know, some sort of way of of unifying the game at the at the elite level. There you go. That's Rory's initial reactions. Of course, he did get a call from Jimmy Dunn. And what we've learned since that point in time, Bob, is Jimmy Dunn was instrumental in architecting this whole deal. Yeah. So basically how it all came to pass was at 7, 10 a.m. on April 18th, Jimmy Dunn sent a WhatsApp message to Yasser Al-Ramayan. And uh, he basically said, my name's Jimmy Dunn. I'm a member of the Tour Policy Board. I'd, I'd like to have an opportunity for a call and hopefully a visit. And that started the process going. Yeah, it's really interesting. So they they basically, as you heard Rory say, they felt like they were in a position of strength and that there was an opportunity uh, there. Now, uh, this is uh, Rory talking a little further about the structuring of this. Whether you like it or not, the PIF, we're going to keep spending money in golf. At least the PGA Tournament controls how that money is spent. You know, so I'd, you know... If you're thinking about some, you know, one of the biggest sovereign wealth funds in the world, would you rather have them as a partner or, the, or an enemy? Um, at the end of the day, money talks, and you'd rather have them as a partner. Yeah, I mean, what do you say about that, right? Well, yeah, exactly. And and basically, um, it came down to um, the PGA Tour almost getting everything that they wanted. The PGA Tour will still be called the PGA Tour. But Jay Monahan is now the commissioner that over also oversees Live Golf. And it's up to him whether he wants to keep that going. They still have the partnership with DP World Tour. And he has told um, Yasser that he will evaluate Live at the end of the year. Well, what about Liv? Here's Roy's comments. So the one thing that uh, I think was really misconstrued last yesterday was, you know, all the headlines were... PJ Tour merges with Liv, and Liv has got nothing to do with this, right? I mean, it's the PJ Tour, DP World Tour, and the Public Investment Fund are basically partnering to create a new company. So that's it. It's this new company, nothing to do with Liv. So, you know, th- th- this still brings up a lot of things, right? What about, you know, all of the, you know, and Rory had even talked about it, uh, how it, how Jay had galvanized the whole group against this one so-called bad guy. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden you're partnering with this so-called bad guy. And so there's a hypocrisy there. And, you know, w- what about all the supposed, you know, blood money and everything now it's just okay. So that there's, there's a lot to unpack there. And I think there's a lot of people, players, fans, uh, media questioning. There's a lot still to be, to be unpacked, but you know, it, as Rory said, money talks. I, I, I guess that makes everything go away. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get hung up on all of that, but it is certainly something that will continue to play itself out in the coming weeks and months. Yeah. And the thing you have to understand, you know, Jay Monahan made his comments about, um, the, the Saudis and the PIF fund and everything like that. But Jimmy Dunn, 
Okay, this guy was right in the forefront of what happened on 9-11. He had an office, an investment office, up on the 104th floor of the South Tower of of the World Trade Center. And he was playing that day in a U.S. Open qualifying when the air, airplanes hit hit the towers, and he lost every one in his business. So this guy understands what's going on. He said there's not a day that goes by that he doesn't think about these people and these families at least three or four times a day. And apparently if you... I mean, it's, so it, again, it just depends on what side. But obviously, there's some perspective there. So uh, the players, what about the players? Rory, Rory had this to say. The future of the PGA Tour looks brighter as a, as a whole, as an entity. You know, what that looks like for individual players in terms of keeping a tour card and, you know, bringing players back into the fold and then that, you know, sacrifices other people that's that's where the anger comes from right and i and i am i understand that and like i there there still has to be consequences to actions you know the people that left the pga tour irreparably harmed this tour started litigation against it like we can't just welcome them back in like that's not going to happen and i think that was the one thing that jay was trying to get across yesterday is like guys we're not just going to bring these guys back in and pretend like nothing's happened like that is not going to happen. All right, so there you go. What do you think about bringing the players back, Bob? Well, I think the PGA Tour in, in this agreement, um, Jay Monahan is has control over Live Golf, and if those guys think they're going to come back in without any repercussions, then they're sadly um, they're sadly uh, thinking up the wrong up the wrong tree. Um, those these guys are going to have to be. Um, either abide by the rules of the PGA Tour if they want to come back or they have to go to plan B. And there is no plan B right now because Piff has jumped out and is not going to be part of live any longer. It's That is overseen by the PGA Tour. So having said that, um, there's a myriad of ways that that this can go about where they're going to have to pay fines, all that kind of thing. But the players... According to Jay Monahan, the players are going to be made whole, and there's some creative ways that it can be done. You know, the PIF fund, um, it's what, um, I don't, um, how many millions of dollars, $10 million Billions? or something like that a year? Billion. Oh, what? The PIF fund or the, the PIP fund. Oh, PIP. So Sorry, maybe yeah. they tell Sorry. the players, hey, you can't, ha- you can't be a part of this for the next 10 years. And that frees up a billion dollars to pay these top guys for remaining loyal. PIP and PIF, there's all kinds of different uh, acronyms that we stuff. have to sort through. Different story. Yeah, I think yeah, I thought you said PIF and what are they, 700 plus billion. So uh, a little different than the Seven, PIP, yeah. PIP fund, which is the player impact yep. program, which is uh, <laughs> pl- paying players out to promote basically the PGA Tour and, and the exposure and positive exposure they give. So, all right, there you go. There's there's some things to think about, some things to digest. I thought that's Rory's initial reactions. And uh, we'll hear more from him coming up on the back nine as well. Stay tuned. We'll wrap up hour number one. Coming up, you're listening to Real Golf Radio. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. 
Talking Golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, wrapping up hour number one. I just wanted to play this one more as uh, Rory was asked, because I think this is a big thing, and you touched on it, Bob. There's, there's got to be some ways to make the uh, to reward the loyalty to the guys that stayed. Should the golfers who maybe stayed loyal and turned down live, should they be made whole financially? <laughs> I mean, the simple answer is yes. The complex answer is how does that happen? Right, and that's all. That's all gray area and up, up up in the air at the minute. But yeah, there's, you know, it's hard to it's hard for me to not sit up here and feel somewhat like a sacrificial lamb, and you know, feeling like I've put myself out there, and this is what happens. Again, removing myself from the situation, I see how this is better for the game of golf. There's no denying that. But for me as an individual, yeah, I. There's just going to have to be conversations that are had. All right, there you go. There's going to be conversations, and I think it's an important step, right? Because I, it's hard. Yeah. In all the conversations I've had this week since this, since this all opened up was, boy, uh, how would you like to be the guys that stayed back and didn't take the money? It feels like they made the, bat, the wrong decision here. So you don't want them to feel like they made the wrong decision by being loyal. Else, why would they have loyalty going forward in right. on this tour, right? Yep, and Jay Monahan said their loyalty will be rewarded. And he said, we don't know how it's going to happen right now, but he said that's something I look forward to being more specific about as this agreement gets taken care of. Well, I think that will ultimately be whether or not he saves his job. Stay tuned in the back nine, hour number two, U.S. Open preview editions next. 